0: Episode 46 Church History Part 12 We left off in our study of the Christian Catholic Church with Theodosius becoming the Roman Emperor in the East and the West toward the end of the 4th century. He declared the Nicene Trinitarian Christianity to be the only legitimate imperial religion and the only religion that could call itself Catholic. Theodosius was known as the last great emperor of the Byzantine Empire or the East Roman Empire. It was also called Constantinople, and this particular empire started with Constantine the Great. At the end of the 4th century, Byzantine Christians divided Palestine into three provinces, Prima, Secunda, Salatoris, or 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Juvenal was the Bishop of Jerusalem from approximately 421 to 458 AD, and he was recognized as the Patriarch of the Three Provinces of Palestine. Remember, Adrian, the Emperor in the second century, renamed the area of Judea to Syria Palestinia. Also during this time, at the end of the fourth century, the barbarians began to attack the region of Rome again. The barbarians were known as the German Goths or Nomads. They lived north of Danube, which is where we previously discussed as one of the lots given to the descendants of Japheth. The Goths wanted to take over the Roman Empire, so the Germans, a.k.a. Japheth, began to fight against the Romans, a.k.a. Japheth. They fought each other. Alaric in 392 entered the Roman army under Theodosius and helped to dissolve some of the conflict between the Romans and the Goths. In 395, Theodosius dies and his two sons take over the Roman Empire, but they were considered to be weak. That same year, Alaric rises to power and becomes the king of the Visigoths. Alaric and the gods invade Italy and begin to sack Rome in the beginning of the 5th century around 410 AD. And the Western Roman Empire began to fall. This was the first time in 800 years that the Romans had fallen to an enemy. The Germans were strong military warriors and were able to advance in technology and economics after the invasion of Rome. Ancient.eu Western Roman Empire states, The two halves of the empire continued to prosper equally until the reign of the Emperor Theodosius when internal and external forces exerted themselves to break the two halves apart. These forces included, but were not limited to, political instability, self-interest of two halves, invasion of the barbarian tribes, the Germans, government corruption, mercenary armies, over-reliance on slave labor, massive unemployment, and inflation, the rise of Christianity. Eastern and Western Rome pursued their own interests instead of working in concert toward shared goals. This lack of cohesion fostered political instability, which was made worse by government corruption, especially among provincial authorities who abused their positions for personal gain. The Goth and Han mercenaries in the Roman army owed no allegiance to Rome. They were just fighting for pay and were not treated as well as they felt they deserved. The over-reliance on slave labor took jobs away from the lower classes, who then relied on public assistance and earlier debasement of the currency under Septimius had become a policy of later emperors resulting in inflation. Theodosius' zeal in spreading Christianity and crushing pagan influences was also noted as a contributing cause to the fall of Rome. However, there was no single factor that led to the fall of Rome, but there was a plethora of factors, as just mentioned, and sadly, all of these factors have continued until today because the same people are in charge. Political instability, The self-interest of two halves, the Dems and the Republicans. Government corruption, over-reliance on slave labor, massive unemployment, inflation, the rise of Christianity. Sounds familiar. Leo the Great, or Pope Leo, became the Bishop of Rome in the 5th century, around 440 through 461 AD. He was the first pope to be called the Great and he was also known for persuading the German invaders to stop invading Italy. Leo the Great established the rationale for making the Bishop of Rome the supreme authority and the supremacy of the Bishop of Rome over all Christianity. This allowed the later papal claims up until today that show absolute and supreme power in the ecclesiastical and secular areas of the world. LumenLearning.com states, Papal supremacy is the doctrine of the Roman Catholic Church that the Pope, by reason of his office as a vicar of Christ and as a pastor of the entire Christian Church, has full, supreme, and universal power over the whole Church, a power which he can always exercise, unhindered, that in brief, the Pope enjoys by divine institution, supreme, full, immediate, and universal power in the care of souls. What? So why do we need the Most High or his son Yahshua if man has given himself or given themselves supreme authority and universal power over souls? Leo made four points to justify the papal supremacy. One, the presence of Peter was in his successors. Leo's rationale for the role of the bishop was contributed to Peter and not Paul. The Christian church started with Paul in Antioch. And again, we see another church father or bishop bypassing their foundation with Paul and focusing on Peter because of Peter's direct ties to Yeshua as a disciple. Leo was raised and educated in Rome. He knew the ways of paganism, but he took Matthew 16:15 through 19 to justify the papal supremacy claim. Leo believed that Peter was the rock that was poured unto his successors, which was Leo himself and the popes to follow. Per Leo the Great on the supremacy of the Bishop of Rome, a student journal written by Dennis Kajer states, Leo the Great used the passage in Matthew sixteen sixteen through 19, as locus classicus, for his reasoning that Peter and his successors received a divinely instituted office and priesthood. Although he viewed Christ as the ultimate and impregnable rock, he regarded Peter as the rock whose stability and firmness was poured out unto his successors. He reasoned that Peter could not have known all by himself the things he confessed about Christ they went far beyond what human minds or eyes could perceive. Leo therefore concluded it was the Father in heaven who had revealed these things to the Apostle Peter. That incident had far-reaching consequences for the church because it gave Peter absolute authority. Point number two, Peter was the mediator of all ecclesiastical authority. The second point repeatedly Promoted in various ways by Leo, were the ideas that God shared his power with Peter, and it was only through this apostolic mediator that others could receive authority from God. As a result, Peter was in every way the mediator between Christ and the apostles because no power was directly bestowed by the Lord apart from the one given through Peter's hands. Point number three Rome's supremacy was above all churches. In his emphasis on the supremacy of the bishop of Rome, Leo the Great referred to another aspect, the supremacy of Rome above all churches. The idea of Rome's superiority was not a new one, but in Leo's rhetoric, it gained a new dimension. Leo's rhetoric utilized Rome's heritage to bolster the status of its bishop. Point number four, Peter gave them the power to lead and command. The bishops of Rome in the late 4th century considered themselves the direct successors of Apostle Peter. Yet, Leo the Great emphasized his control and rule over the entire Christian church as he thought that Peter had been granted absolute universal power over both the religious and the secular realm these are the four points of pope leo to justify the papal supremacy now let's see what the scripture actually says starting with matthew 15. the scribes and the pharisees are complaining to yeshua about the disciples they're eating bread without washing their hands yeshua says okay but there's a commandment to honor your mother and your father. Are you doing that? And in verse seven, Yeshua calls them hypocrites. He says, you hypocrites. Didn't Isaiah prophesy to you saying this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain, they do worship me teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men, washing your hands before eating was a commandment of men versus the commandment given by Yah, which was to honor your father and mother, was not been adhered to. So washing your hands sounds like papal supremacy, white supremacy, apostolic succession, Christianity and other religions, roles of the bishop, popes, pastors, all of these pagan holidays. All these are commandments of men. In verse ten, Yeshua calls the multitude and says unto them, "Hear and understand: Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth this defiles a man." Then came his disciples and said unto him, "Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying?" But he answered and said, "Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted." Up, Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Yeshua said, Are you also without understanding? Do you not understand that whatsoever entereth in the mouth goeth into the belly, and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemies. These are things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. The Pharisees preached leavened or false doctrine. They were offended by what Yeshua said. Oh well, Leo should have read Matthew 15. Later on in the chapter of Matthew 15, a Canaanite woman comes to Yeshua with her daughter who's vexed with the devil. Yeshua says in Matthew 15 24, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Clearly, Leo didn't read this verse either. Matthew 16, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are carriers of leaven or false doctrine. And they came to Yeshua again, wanting to see a sign from heaven. So he responds in verse 4. Yeshua says, a wicked and adulterous generation seek it after a sign. And there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Yeshua said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Leaven, false doctrine. Beware of it. Proceed with caution. Avoid false doctrine. And they reasoned among themselves saying, It is because we have taken no bread, which when Yeshua perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because you have brought no bread. Do you not understand? Neither remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets we took up, or the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many baskets we took up then? How is it that you don't understand that I speak not in concerning bread, That ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In verse 12, Yeshua says, Not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It was very important for the disciples to understand that Yeshua was not talking about bread to eat, but about false doctrine. Verse 13, Yeshua asked his disciples, Whom do men say that I am? He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Yeshua, the son of the living God. And Yeshua answered unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bound on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So Leo interpreted Matthew 16 as Peter being the rock, and God giving Peter's successors the keys to the kingdom of heaven. First of all, the Most High did not assign the Romans, nor the Greeks as successors, especially when they worshiped pagan gods, and they took land from Yah's chosen people and everybody else. Remember, church father Irenaeus, he believed in apostolic succession and also believed that Mary, the mother of Yeshua, could not sin. The entire message of Matthew 15 and 16 was informing Peter and the disciples to be aware of false Doctrine. Leaven is man's ways and beliefs that brings prophets to themselves and takes you away from the truth and the will of Yah. And Yeshua clearly explained why He came. He came for the lost children of Israel, the Judaites, and the Israelites. Leo failed to read that scripture. Matthew 7. Not everyone that said unto me, Yah, YAH, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, YAH, YAH, we have prophesied in thy name. We have cast out devils in thy name. We have done many wonderful works. And Yeshua says, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon the house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Yeshua had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. There was a difference. For one, the rock is the will of Yah and not the will of man. Matthew 16, 18 is not about Peter being a rock. The rock is doing the will of Yah. Psalm 61, 1 and 2. David cries out to YAH saying, hear my cry, O YAH, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I too. The rock is YAH. The rock in the Old Testament pointed to the God of the Israelites figuratively as a support and defense for the Israelites. Three, the rock is a place of security that can only be found in YAH and in YAH's will. First Peter 2 and 6, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Four. the stone, the rock pointed to Yeshua and the teachings of Yahshua as he completed the will of Yah, his father. No stone or rock represented a man to begin an institution of supreme authority and control over nations. A papal or bishop or man having absolute authority over morality and faith is not necessary when Yah and the sacrifice of Yeshua is clearly enough. And Peter, a follower of Yeshua, would have never approved of this because he never considered himself a rock, especially when he denied Yeshua three times before he was murdered. Peter denied Yeshua after spending all this time with him. So clearly, Peter was nobody's rock. In fact, Peter needed the rock of Yahshua, just like all of us needs salvation. Lastly, Peter identifies Yeshua as the chief cornerstone, which is the foundation for us to build our lives upon. Yeshua obeyed the will of Yah. Yeshua became the ultimate sacrifice, allowing us to have access to Yah through his blood. He is our mediator. Yeshua became that rock or foundation of salvation for us, the Israelites and the Gentiles who believe. Leo established the supremacy of the papal office and stated that the papal was given supreme authority and absolute universal power over the Christian church and the world he believed the presence of peter was in his successors like leo himself and the popes to follow he believed peter was a mediator of ecclesiastical authority he said rome's supremacy was above all churches and that peter gave them the power to lead and command but per the scripture yah is the rock the rock is following and obeying the will of yah his commandments his word. YAH and YAH's will is the rock and it's our place of safety and security. Yahshua is our chief cornerstone, our foundation, our salvation, our moral compass, our mediator who prays for us. In John 17 and 20, he says, I pray for those who believe. Isaiah 53 and 12, he makes intercession for the transgressors, for us. Yeshua followed the will of Yah, and that is the commandment of his Father. Kenan Preppers.org states. The Petrine doctrine, which was formulated by Pope Leo, is based on the words Yeshua spoke to Peter in Matthew 16 15 through 19. Leo's interpretation of this exchange asserts that Yeshua intended for Peter's supposed successors to share in his power, each being given the keys of the kingdom, as it were, the Bishop of Rome, who ruled over a city, were Peter is believed to have been a missionary and was supposedly martyred, was to be the head of the entire church, being invested with absolute authority over matters of faith and morality. The Roman Pope was to be seen as Yeshua's vicar or substitute on earth. Again, this would not begin to be fully realized until late in the 11th century as the early popes failed to assert any kind of influence associated with the prestige of the papal office aside from Leo himself. To be clear, the Christian independence that was realized in the late fourth and fifth century was not extended to individuals within the institution. That independence was reserved for the leadership. Bishops sitting atop the very apex, individual conscious, was under the direct control of the church hierarchy, which was just as authoritarian as the Roman state itself. Truth Wars encourages you to take our short podcast and study these nugget drops and begin to look around to see the foundation of your religion within Rome, within their Christianity, within their paganism, and within the papal authoritarian structure. Look at your church hierarchy, how we elevate a man to be our pope, our bishop, our pastor. Look at the buildings itself. Now that you know, look further and dig deeper. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or comment here. We don't claim to know everything. We just seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. Let truth roar. Let truth reign. Let truth speak. And let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars. Truth reigns. Truth speaks. Truth sets me free. Please see I podcast disclaimer, at truthwars.com.